Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast. Each week, we take you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. We love all those random food holidays. And did you know that October is National Pasta Month? The good news is in St. Louis, we have no shortage of amazing pasta restaurants around town, including Katie's Pizza and Pasta. This is an episode with chef and owner Katie Collier that originally aired back in June 2021. Since then, they have expanded and have opened a brand new and beautiful location in downtown St. Louis. We want to take you back to this episode and hear how Katie got her start, the ups and downs of her career, and she hints at a lot of those big dreams for the future. Let's meet Katie. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. It has been, no doubt, a very challenging year, but you guys have managed to expand the business and continue really giving back to the community. I saw you hit a huge milestone this week with your Give Back Tuesday. Yeah, Give Back Tuesday, it's uh, once a month and we give 100% of our profits, proceeds, and we just hit $250,000 since we started it um, six or seven years ago, shortly after we opened. Could you have imagined reaching that kind of milestone? No, No, it's incredible. It's very, it's, it's, you realize you are making kind of a difference. And um, that's, we, we did it because we were so supported opening, you know, we did a Kickstarter campaign and we had the community really rally behind us when we had, you know, nothing to open a restaurant. And so it's our way of kind of, you know, paying it forward and also just, um, once you start doing it, it becomes addictive and you like realize how special it is to be part of that cycle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people might not realize that you started with a Kickstarter to open this space in Rock Hill. Walk me back to that. (laughs) Um, when you decided that this was going to be the sort of the next step of your journey and the, which you've been in the restaurant business basically your whole life, right? My whole life. It's all I've ever done. I didn't, it was my college and high school and everything education. So started as a busser and a dishwasher for my aunt, um, worked at a ton of restaurants and, uh, spent some time in Italy learning about food um, through my mother, who was running the study abroad program for WashU, came back and wanted to open a pizza place. And um, I opened it with my dad, yeah. my best friend in the whole world. And um, we opened this little pizza place. I didn't know how to cook, but I knew how to like work in a restaurant. So you had the background, yeah. but... <laughs> we were both, uh, you know, hustlers. Sure. And we just like put the restaurant together. I think we spent like... $50,000 building a restaurant, which if anyone's listening, that's impossible. <laughs> well, it was the cutest space. It that was one was, so I guess, is that technically Richmond Heights right over yeah, there? Like Clayton a, Richmond Heights, Clayton right Richmond on the border. Heights. It was just the cutest little spot that you yeah, guys had. Yeah, and it was, it was so special. It was the first kind of fancy, you know, it wasn't fancy inside, but we were putting squash blossoms on pizza, and even prosciutto was not even a common <laughs> thing back then. So it was the first pizza place like that, and we learned how to cook. I remember we sold our first pizza, and we had to make it three times before we, like, had figured out how to really cook it. And the guy was like, I got to go. <laughs> and then I had to figure out how to fold the pizza box. I mean, literally, <laughs> we just figured it out. And then um, 
uh, I would say like seven years later. Well, this was I was very young when we opened mm-hmm. it, like 24. Um, and then five, six, seven years later, I can't even remember. I was like, Dad, I want to, you know, open kind of a step up Italian restaurant with pasta. I want to, you know, be part of the ownership. And he was amazing because he was like one of those people that never gave you anything except Mm. the experience and the lesson, right? (laughs) So he's like, well, that sounds great, but I'm not helping you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I just met my husband, Ted, and I was like, oh, I really want to do this. And he was also kind of a dreamer. Mm -hmm. So someone said, well, have you heard of Kickstarter? And this was before anyone had heard of crowdfunding. Right. It was really early on. Really early on. So like it was so early on that when we did it, People were like, is this a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we had to kind of educate the community on it. Uh, we did raise our total, which was, I think, $40,000, wow. which at the time, because I'd opened the first one for that much, I thought was enough. And turns out it's not. So we um, found some more investors that we got loans from, mm-hmm. just handshake loans. Right. Uh, no banks would, of course, lend to us. I mean, Ted and I were sharing a car and living in like a 500 square foot <laughs> apartment in Maplewood. And, you know, you wouldn't think restaurateurs if you met us. But you just thought yeah. you yeah. <laughs> So no banks wanted to lend to us. Um, so we raised enough money, opened it up, uh, were able to like work really hard and pay everyone back. And what then was that first opening day like? Um, you know, okay, so my mom and I were just talking about this. I had, I rec- recruited my mom from Washu. I said, please, you know, quit your job, <laughs> your secure job, and come help me do the book work and all of that and manage the place. And so she did. And um, uh, I think, like, there was one point within that first week, which we all locked ourselves in the office and started crying. <laughs> and then I think it and. Ted went next door to urgent care for exhaustion. Oh, like God. we were <laughs> way in over our heads. Well, yeah. and it's interesting because the location here in Rock Hill, if people hadn't haven't been, you know, it's right in the middle, sort of a of a strip mall. Oh yeah, people might not. You not can't. It's a, a trade little area. A yeah. little hard to see from the street. Uh huh. But. You guys have made this work and have turned into just one of the most popular and successful restaurants, I think, uh, across our city. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that was another thing. It's like we couldn't get a landlord to lease to us. Wow. So this was one of the only people that would that believed in us and would lease to us. It's really a story about a lot of random people coming together and believing in us. And it was just so remarkable that we were able to have those people kind of support us that there that's again the the give back i was like oh my god we got to do something right yeah and how much were you still really learning along the way again this is another a totally step up restaurant with like a full bar and a real menu mm-hmm. and um had to learn the next level of cooking here um and so i think our first review was just horrendous really yeah but you know what i'm so grateful for it because you know when people blow smoke you never improve yeah Yeah. and so we had to improve so we just quickly had to again learn how to cook pasta (laughs) and learn how to serve you know a restaurant this size Mm -hmm. and manage this many people 
And so you a lot have, of lessons learned. You yeah. have since expanded. You have another location in town and country, which is yeah. Very, is it bigger size wise? How does it's it? It's bigger. It's a yeah okay. yeah. It is larger. It's um, a couple thousand square feet okay. larger. Yeah. How did you make that choice to say okay, we're ready to expand into another location? Well, we had paid everybody off, and we. Had, <laughs> What we felt like was a grasp mm-hmm. on what we were doing, and we were not, like, bored at all, but we felt good about everything we were doing, and it wasn't as stressful as it was before, and we knew we could we could do it again. Right. Yeah. And opening up that location, how has that helped you guys expand just across oh, the yeah. city? It helps you learn how to delegate and step back and it um, improves. I think when you you add another space, you have to rely on others more. Is that a hard thing for you? To I well, do? it was in the beginning. Now <laughs> I would say I have. I'm like a master master delegator, <laughs> but I love it because um, you know I'm giving people opportunities to flourish mm-hmm. and succeed and create their own path. And um, I never would have done that if I wasn't forced to step back. And then having a child is another was another great even pushed me even farther into that. Right. I yeah. mean, so many people in this business, um, you know, they do it. They manage to have children and still run their their other baby, their restaurants. Yeah. But it is hard, especially the challenges of childcare. How yeah. did you? Oh, and then COVID. Fig- and yeah. then COVID, <laughs> which that is you know everything. But I mean, how did you figure that out? How did you say, okay, how do I be a mom and be a restaurant owner? Well, I, you, you have to you have to give give up control, yeah. and you have to be able to do that. And it's really tough to do, and it's very humbling to do because you feel like you're not contributing. Maybe when you now looking back, you are maybe contributing in a much better way. Right. But you feel like you're going to, it's, you know, no one can do it. It's going to fail. They don't get it. Um, Blah, 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 blah. All the stories you tell yourself. And then you come to find out that maybe they can do it better than you. And your gifts and strengths are other places. Mm -hmm. So um, so you just have to, and the first, when you first do it, people do fall apart. Mm -hmm. But you have to give them that opportunity to like kind of fix it and learn. Right. Yeah. Well, and you've obviously been surrounded by a restaurant family. So you have a lot of inspiration of of how to do it. How much has that helped over the years to to have those those folks in your family to lean on uh, to ask those questions of am I doing this right? My dad and mom have just been amazing teachers for me. My dad was um just an incredibly wise eccentric who just had a very honest look on life and would tell you like it is and I don't he was almost like an my personal oracle Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so having you know had him I can go to him with a question and he will give you the straight honest answer and you would you go that's so crazy that's (laughs) not true (laughs) you try it and it's so having him was like the greatest gift and my mom too um they both you know uh you know are on worked for themselves she was an artist she did work for washu but she's a she's an amazing painter um artist and he was a antique junk picker um real estate 
guy who had, I mean, you just, you know. We had so many connections so in this many community. Connections. And so um, just growing up in that world where you can kind of do anything and be anything and not be um, afraid of what people think or following the path. With, I think that was the best, the best lesson. Let's just do it. Yeah. Was that sort of a lesson that you had to kind of continue telling yourself during this challenge of, of opening up your restaurants, of trying to expand, bringing it back? You, you opened a, a pasta delivery company yeah. that, you know, you closed, but now you've got this frozen pizza company that you guys have expanded. Yeah. I mean, how many lessons along the way are you constantly saying, okay, I, I can do this? Yeah, it's the lesson of you don't need to follow a path and you don't need to um, do what everyone else does. And just um, it may seem like uh, you're off course, but if you believe in it and um, go with your gut, that, that's the biggest thing I can say to everyone is go with your gut. You know, that's, it's telling you something and, um, has your gut steered you wrong? Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it still does. And I go, I knew that because my gut told me that and I didn't do it, but no, um, just don't, you know, it's okay to do, to follow your own path. Yeah. Let's talk about sort of those, those challenging times. So Vera pasta, Vera pasta, you guys started was sort of like your version of a blue Blue apron. apron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? What inspired you to start that? And and what was the biggest challenge there? I think just that um, creative spirit that you want to, like, impact and and create. Th- I love creating things. I love discovering things. I love, you know, um, find, like I said, finding a, a, a new path. And uh, meal kits had just come out, and it seemed like something that I really wanted to tackle. And... It was so difficult because, um, you know, it was a failure in, in traditional ways where you believe in something, but nobody else really does. No. <laughs> no, I mean, you're trying to, like, get people to cook and do this beautiful cooking. And the people that got it loved it, but... I remember it was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> we found out that, that, I think what we found out is that not enough people really want to cook from scratch. <laughs> That's fair. You know, there are some people, but not enough to make a a full business. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, for at least us and what we were doing. Was it hard to realize? And then I had a baby. I got pregnant. And so it's like you're you're battling upstream with that and then trying to make a business work. And I had to give up on something. So we shut it down. It was a failure. We had to, you know, pay back the debt that we borrowed. Um, still had the lease on the space, still had to keep paying that until the lease was up. We're, we were trying to sublease it, mm-hmm. and nobody wanted to sublease it. And, um, you know, luckily we didn't put a lot of money into it, mm-hmm. so that was maybe our smart move. Right. Yeah. Um, and then... But the lessons learned from that have helped you translate into this frozen pizza yeah. company that you guys have launched this year due to the, during the pandemic. And that seems like it's going very well. It's going very well. <laughs> no, and that is another thing. It's like, just because it doesn't seem like, again, the ordinary path mm-hmm. doesn't mean it is truly a failure. Right. And there is another way. So um, we, we, you know, when the pandemic hit, it was it's the most terrifying thing, I think, that could have happened to our world, but especially restaurants, because we are in an industry where... 
you have to sit down and you take your mask off. Yeah. Be close to people. Be close to people. And especially in our restaurant, super close. We packed them in. Um, if, and so it was terrifying. But again, my dad um, was great under pressure. He taught us to be, to survive anything. He survived a lot of things. And um, I knew, I like looked at it as a, as a wonderful challenge and a great opportunity to do something special. And my family and I all got together and we're like, we've got this space that no one will sublease that has some walk-ins in it. <laughs> and it has, it has a chest, it has like a couple little freezers and um, we know people don't want to cook, so let's not do that. But we know people need to eat and want our food. So let's make something that they can just pop in the oven. And so we quickly prototyped a frozen pizza that night. Wow. Yeah. And then the next day I called the old Vero um, Pasto web developer and said, can you throw up a e-commerce site in 24 hours? (laughs) What was their answer? He was amazing. It's just like, you know, sometimes things work out. Right. Sometimes the, the, you know, everything comes together. All the energy is good. And the energy was really good for that period. And I think, again, I looked at it as like, let's look at this as a positive Mm -hmm. challenge. Um, So we did that. We got the site up. I didn't want to lose my team. And I knew there was no way I was going to be able to keep my team without doing something. Doing something. Yeah. Um, and so we turned the dining rooms into assembly lines for frozen pizzas. We turned the servers into delivery drivers for frozen pizzas. They delivered across, you know, the, the city and the county. And we launched the site and did a big, you know, social media mm-hmm. announcement. And just it was like it just crashed. It was amazing. You know, everybody wanted it. I mean, was there that fear that this isn't going to work either? Yeah, because you already had the one. And so that maybe is why it worked. (laughs) Because with Vero, Vero, I was like, this is it. Here comes the private jet. (laughs) (laughs) And then then, then it's like, wait, is the site working? (laughs) Are we and, online, you know, people? <laughs> and it's interesting because again, that that frozen pizzas. I mean, could I mean that's that's who said the best year ever was frozen pizzas. Yeah, <laughs> no, and um, it was amazing. And then, but you know, uh, the the first ones weren't too great. We kept improving, improving, and by like the third or fourth month, they were really good. Yeah, because we hit our the, stride. What and, was that trial and error process like? Obviously, you make fantastic pizzas in the restaurant, but yeah. You have to shift oh, it has that. To trans- it has to translate to, like, sealing, you know, just how you seal it without um, compromising the crust and the ingredients and how much sauce should you put in and the moisture levels and, uh, you know, the reheating and all of that. There's so a lot of just, science. A lot of science. Yeah, or just trial yeah. and error. Yeah. And you learn by tasting it and trying it at home. And then you also learn by lots of feedback from emails <laughs> saying, my pizza fell through the... <laughs> and my smoke alarm's going off. Yeah. Do you? How do you handle those kinds of emails? The good and the bad. I mean, I again, back to the first 
critic that hated the restaurant, I welcome it. And like, thank God they tell me immediately because I can quickly, quickly fix it. Mm -hmm. I thank them for the feedback. I'm like, here, I'm going to send you some new ones. And, you know, I think people appreciate that because they want to help. Right. Yeah. They may go into it go into it wanting to hurt you but when they see that you're like appreciative uh you know of that help they then they're all they're supportive of it now that you guys are you know dining rooms are back open uh you've just created this amazing patio out here at the rock hill location do you see though the frozen pizzas still being a huge part of the business they're still huge they're they're incredibly huge part of our business we are um the number two frozen pizza in all of Deerberg's. Wow. Yeah, and we're not even, don't even have our meat pizzas in there yet. Oh, no, we just got our meat pizzas back in. That was another hiccup was we didn't know that you had to be uh, USDA approved to sell meat, p- <laughs> meat pizzas, but they told us that day. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so we, put the, no, we quickly um, filed that paperwork and went under inspection about, 30 days ago so meat pizzas oh, wow. are back in but just with ve- just with cheese pizzas we were the number two pizza yeah is that a pretty cool it's feeling? really incredible when greg dearberg called me to tell me and i was like oh that's awesome he's like no 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 i don't think you get how incredible how big, that is. how big that is and i just want you to understand the brevity of that because you're just you're not a tombstone or uh yeah anybody yeah. else so do you also attribute that just to the brand that you've built your name you know what you guys have done in terms of just creating this really wonderful dining experience do you attribute that to the success in yeah some ways? i think helping people out like taking feedback really well being humble about it always being willing to improve um and then wanting to give people a really good product and that was another thing my dad always taught me was you have to use the best ingredients and you have to give them lots of food (laughs) you can't (laughs) people want to come in and feel like it's something bigger and better than they can get anywhere else Mm -hmm. so we we translated that into our frozen pizzas it's a burrata and Etzo pepperoni pizza, and you know, you just don't see that in the frozen Yum. food aisle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we use the best stuff and we hand stretch and wood fire every single crust. Yeah. And that translates really well yeah, beyond it's special. Yeah, what you would normally find in the frozen pizza mm-hmm. section. Yeah. You talk a lot about it, about that, you know, sort of trial and error. How much are you getting to still? be in the kitchen you have so you have your hands oh, in so many things <laughs> um you, when new menus come come around I get very involved because mm-hmm. I have to I have a certain you know type of food that I is kind of my trademark right yeah it's a very feminine type of you know and then a mix of like what my dad said kind of eccentric and um make sure that the quality is amazing and we're using really interesting stuff. So I get involved during seasonal changes, but no, I don't cook at all. And they don't want me back there. (laughs) I cook at home and practice and develop stuff. And then I'm working on a new concept um, that I am not going to talk about yet because I'm not (laughs) sure it's, it's not a hundred percent, but it's 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 an offshoot of this. It'll be dedicated to my dad, Aww. and it's so I'm working on that, and that's fun. I'm a menu developer. Yeah, I love creating a story through food and ingredients. So how do you do that? What's your process like? Just um, cookbooks. Like really, I go through cookbooks and go and look at menus and look at 
um, and reads stories about food um, throughout history, regions, um, artisans, kind of get create a, get, gather information, and then I tell a story from there. So I'll find, I'll see, you know, a recipe in a cookbook with an amazing ingredient, and I'm not going to make that recipe, but I'm going to say, wow, that's a cool ingredient, and I'm going to use it in a story mm. based on something I read. You know, like I just kind of... And I try to get very specific with it. Like, um, am I going to tell, like, a southern Italy story? Am I going to tell, um, you know, a northern, uh, like, a California story? Like, uh, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's there's a California twist to a menu. Sometimes it, go, it goes back more traditional. And I just kind of take the ingredients and place them creatively. As we are getting into the summer months, what... Do you have a favorite season that... Oh, always spring. Spring. Yeah, always spring. Yeah, because you're just, like, so tired (laughs) (laughs) of not having everything you need. And you get so (laughs) excited. And um, the story, the the spring ingredients have amazing stories. Morels and ramps and strawberries and you just get to like people are it's the rebirth right yeah it's just that awakening of of freshness I mean the best is the best food is the summer but um but you know it's spring it's just that rebirth feeling that incredible inspiration yeah you mentioned you cook at home a lot do you bring your daughter into the kitchen a lot oh every I mean she would not let me not (laughs) she has this tower this like little top you know it's like this tower that she climbs up and gets in that you know is wrapped around so she can't fall and um she just helps me cook yeah she's great how old is she she's two and a half yeah is that you you have I imagine a lot of memories in the kitchen yeah I do hope that she grows up with those that same love yeah respect for for ingredients yeah no absolutely I grew up in a family that cooked differently than most of the people you know my friends you know we I never we didn't eat we just ate really fresh beautiful food and um not a lot of processed food and not a lot of casseroles which they're dynamite (laughs) but that's just not how I was we just ate this very fresh and clean food. Did and you, when you were a kid, though, did you crave what your, your oh friends were Oh, my God. Eating? I was, like, so jealous of, like, that, like, it was, like, a baked spaghetti dish with hot dogs, and, like, I had once, and I was like, Mom, please. And she was like, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. And she was a really cool artist, and I wanted a minivan really badly, and she's like, we can't do any of that. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. Family is such a huge part of your business. You know, you work yeah. with so many of your family members still, your husband. All of them. You know, All of them. It's, yeah. How special is that? And But what is the biggest challenge there? I don't have any. No, no. I think you have challenges with all, everyone, no matter what. So, no, we I, we were very, very close. And um, my dad, you know, when he passed away, um, we all looked at each other and realized how close we were because I think when a parent passes away it causes a lot of friction and a lot of craziness and we became really close and we're like oh that's the gift he gave us yeah so we're just so close yeah I love each other so much and we all are different that helps well we're we're excited to hear what this next idea is for you that's inspired by him exciting (laughs) I'm just gonna I'll give you a little 
So he was this amazing picker in, um, you know, like you've seen the show American Pickers. Mm -hmm. And he would go and, you know, unfortunately, um, St. Louis has abandoned a lot of its buildings. And he has some of that great stuff from there. And he uh, gave it to all of us. And so we're going to use it to create an, a magical space that's kind of dedicated to the city of St. Louis and that. all that architecture and him and all of his amazing eccentric quirks and values that he passed on. Yeah. That's going to be a fun It's going to be idea. really cool. Yeah. Are you always sort of dreaming ahead to the next idea? Yeah, I am. I'm uh, I love, but I'm also... I just want to live life, too. Mm-hmm. I used to, like, pass up life for those aggressive goals and now I just enjoy I just enjoy life a lot more so I'll a project has to be very meaningful and very special for me to do it and I want to put you know everything into it while still not compromising time with my daughter time with my family time in nature yeah well and again you've built a team that helps you do that they are incredible, yeah. We're surrounded here right now as you guys are preparing for lunch service. And you can just see there's just there's a dedication that you've sort of cultivated in yeah. your staff. Yeah, and we didn't have that in the beginning, and we didn't have that for many years. But we have had that, I'd say, for the past four years. And, like, for example, the, there's, you know, a girl up there that wor- has worked with me for uh, ten years. Yeah, and then my kitchen has all been with me for five years. They're my best friends. They're amazing. I couldn't do it without them. And, um, you know, they're a part of it. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. And I imagine that's why this past year was was so challenging, was to ensure that you could keep, keep them. them. Because, gosh, I mean, they have, they have families. And also, you know, I come from a family of... Uh, you know, everyone in my family is sober, and so I understand mental illness. Yeah, yeah that's and, a bit, uh, something you've talked a lot I'm, about. And I knew that not having work and not having a purpose and being trapped inside was going to cause some major problems for some people. So I was like, we got to keep, um, you know, with a purpose, with a mission. And uh, they were all really proud of that because they saw friends and family get laid off and they were like I think it like they were like Katie didn't we didn't give up on each other they didn't give up on me I didn't give up on them it was so it's it made us so close as always we appreciate you listening to the meet St. Louis podcast please share with your friends who want to learn more about St. Louis's incredible restaurant and food scene thanks for listening we'll meet you back here next week